I'm almost like, you know, the, the ugly cryer where you're like kind of snorting. I'm, I'm like doing that. <laughs> and no one's saying a fucking word. I know they all hear me doing it. Ladies and gentlemen, and everybody in between, welcome back to another episode of Bands, Beers, and Buzzwords, the show where you talk about your favorite music, and I try to get you drunk doing so. Uh, today, we have very special guest, fellow musician, fellow co-conspirator, fellow podcaster, uh, Mr. Jacob Acosta. How are you today, sir? I'm, I'm, fucking, I'm fucking feeling great, man. Uh, what uh, what time is it where you're at, Jacob? Uh, I'm, just, well, I'm in Cali, man. We're the same. We're the same time. <laughs> they don't have a different time zone up in Santa Barbara. No, no, it's the same time zone. Those work horizontally. Oh, I see. Well, I was gonna say, I think I'm on a island time down here. Oh, I can, okay. I can see Catalina Island from my house, so I'm okay. On really, time. dude, I miss Catalina. A uh, uh, quick aside, I used to go to Catalina like every year with my girlfriend's family, and we don't we we didn't go last year, so I'm missing it. Oh dang, man, that's fun. That's a that's actually a cool trip. I haven't been there in years and years since I was uh, I did like a Boy Scout camp there. Funny enough. Oh, fun. Yeah, you should go back. <laughs> yeah, I I really should. It's right there. They they do uh, trips out of Newport Harbor right here. Anyways, <laughs> um, dude, we're not here to talk about Catalina. What are we talking about today, Jacob? We're talking about the fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers album, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, my mecca. Fuck yeah, we are, man. I'm so excited to talk about this thing. Um, just reacquainting myself with it, listening to the whole album uh, again and just getting back into it. I was like, fuck, dude, this is going to be such a fun episode. This is such like a uh, just like a party album. I love it, dude. Yeah, there's um, a lot to say about this album for sure. Real quick. Got to get the uh, housekeeping out of the way here. Have to plug uh, our my mecca um redefining records uh this is a redefining records uh podcast hell yeah production so um go check out redefiningrecords.com for some fun uh music reviews blogs uh the other podcast andrew schultz's podcast sounds on uh sounds for thought um go check that out for sure um follow redefining records on instagram for updates on this pod his pod all sorts of other fun content um Follow me on Instagram. I'm Delta Dagger Music uh, for my music, um, guitar building stuff. That should be up there by the time this episode airs. Guitar build stuff, um, podcast updates, whatever. We're going to have a hashtag, too. Uh, it's either going to be hashtag bands, beers, buzzwords, or hashtag BBB pod. So search those. Um, Jacob, you have some Yo. socials to plug. I do. I do. There's Bass Guy Jacob. That's my, that's my personal one. Then there's uh, Midnight Burrito. It's on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. It's my it's my shit posting video game channel, uh, and uh, for for personal music stuff, releasing a a Britney Spears cover later today. You know, it'll already be out by the time this podcast is out, so it's gonna be super fun. Made a music video for it, uh, wearing some drag. I'm very excited to share it with people. Hell yeah! In fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll in the music news theme right here.
All right, music news, yes, is your uh, Britney Spears cover. I'm going to make that the music news today. Hell yeah. I think that's fucking awesome. That is Why don't you news. give us a, just a quick thumbnail uh, sketch here. Why did you choose that? What was the inspiration for doing Britney? Because um, I know you've been working hard on this thing for a while. Give us, give us the quick quick rundown of, of, uh, of the well, story. So I, I downloaded, I, I, I randomly downloaded like a now that that's what I call music album that i got from my parents house and i was just listening through it and i was like oh shit this is a good song sometimes the britney spears what i like a britney spears song and uh i started listening to more britney spears and like it got super into her into her uh, discography but like i kept coming back to that song um and i was like you know what i can do a fucking good version of this and uh proceeded to sweat musically over it for like two weeks because i couldn't figure out how i wanted to do it but uh it came together i'm really excited for how it sounds and um it's uh I, it's it's a serious it's a serious attempt at the song but the music video is very tongue in cheek uh yeah it's 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 fun it, it's it's also kind of um i want to do start doing original music and it's kind of a uh a little bit of a practice run for that so absolutely man i feel that i feel that um having heard the little sort of uh sneak peek you you sent me i'm i'm really impressed with it uh musically i Thanks, i've man. heard it said before that uh, in order to parody something, you have to actually be good at it. And I think um, you did a very, very good cover musically. So I'm very excited to see the sort of parody tongue in cheek music video. I think I think you've you've knowing you and your sense of humor and stuff. I think you have uh, for sure hit both sides of that coin. I'm I'm really excited for this thing. So thanks, man. Yeah. I honestly not to not to not to suck my own dick here, but I kind of think I, I I don't know how to go to top myself after this. This is a the production is like too good <laughs> <laughs> well uh that's the challenge then right um, yeah that's, that's the challenge you gotta that's, be that's like the challenge of the artist and constantly be uh like releasing groundbreaking albums one after another right seriously dude <laughs> um but yes rhcp that's what we're talking about right actually first let's do this jacob who are you why should we trust you all right, uh, yeah, Jacob, I've been playing bass for, oh God, since the seventh grade, I think 13 years now, something like that. Been been playing bass, uh, played a lot of um, in jazz groups, played in college rock bands, um, bass the whole time, a little bit of singing here and there. But uh, as, as a bass player, I will tell you that Flea is one of my gods. I listened to Chili Peppers albums religiously since I started playing. They're the reason I started playing bass uh danny california and rock band that's what got me into it <laughs> my brother would always pay like pick the uh, guitar and he'd force me to choose bass so i eventually started listening to bass parts and uh listened to the bass part for danny california i was like oh that's fucking sick and fell in love with the chili peppers so i am a i'm a diehard chili pepper fan even though right now i don't really listen to them that much anymore but like i going back and listening to the album i found myself like word for word singing the lyrics miming out the guitar parts perfectly i knew all the bass riffs it's just it came back immediately um yeah i, th I think you could trust me when i t fucking talk about this album i listened to it so many times <laughs> yeah yeah man i'm right there with you it, it's funny like you say that i i kind of went through an rhcp phase more in college and then um like they keep like cropping up in my life like other musicians i'll play with will like sit me down and show me a new one of their albums. Like um, I got super into one hot minute for a bit, yeah. which is controversial. We can, uh, I do we like maybe, that one though. It's a great one. We can maybe touch on that in a second. Cause I want to ask one other question. What were some of the bands you played in? Like you mentioned college rock bands and stuff. 
Oh, yeah. Well, in, I guess, middle school, I think we were the, what, punk unicorns? Oh, no, wait, no, we were roadside bomb. We were called roadside bomb in middle school. Um, That's uh, edgy, man. It is edgy. It's edgy (laughs) as shit. Uh, And we played, we played exactly one show. um, And I've lost a video to that, but I desperately trying to find it. And the same guy I sent, so I sent John a video of me playing a Chili Pepper song, uh, freshman year of high school. Um, And the the guys in that video i i played with music with them for like m- most of my like you know middle school and high school stuff but uh yeah man uh in in high school we were punk unicorns and we broke up over a uh we were going to embarrass ourselves at a um uh like a school event like we we were booked to play a school um like a pep rally or something and our song wasn't practiced enough so i was like no you know what? we can't do this and they they wanted to do it really bad so I just uh, I just quit the band and they couldn't Damn. do it because I was I was the singer and bass player. It just oh, kind of fucked up on my part. <laughs> it it is like that is kind of fucked up, but at the same time I've been there where like I, I'm like dead set in like we don't know this song well enough, we can't perform this yeah. song. I've yeah, never I'll... I've never torpedoed an entire gig, but I've definitely like <laughs> like uh, ixnade a song uh, over like not having practiced and like the rest of the band is like super fucking mad about it i've, it, I've been there um I've, I've been there yeah it's funny because like you've seen you you watch that video so you know my threshold for like embarrassing myself <laughs> so well, here's the thing is that that video like it yeah it's like yeah it's like middle school talent show shit like it is that level of embarrassing i guess but like you guys actually like did a really fucking good job I uh I like your uh bass slapping and stuff. I was actually really impressed for like a middle schooler. <laughs> I'd be impressed if I heard someone do that today. Like like as a you know mid 20s. Like that was actually very good. And singing Thank while you're you. doing it too. I was I was actually very impressed. There so there was that level of middle school cringe, but I, there was actually enough like actually genuine musicianship there that I was I was uh actually really impressed. That was really cool, man. I liked yeah. that. Thank you. Yeah, it's funny. That's uh, that's one of the main things that like the Chili Peppers influenced in my mu- like I guess musicianship and performing wise. Like they from the beginning, I I I was like I'm a performer and then a musician kind of, <laughs> and, and it's largely switched now. Now I'm more way more into the music part and I still love performing. But um, that stayed with me a lot. Just watching their live shows and just like watching how fucking bombastic they were all the time, and it really stuck with me and. I try to try to manifest that in my own performances, which is which delivered varying levels of cringe throughout the years. So, sure. Are there are there any like uh, like music videos that come to mind that are like you know this one stuck out to me? I know uh, like off this album, uh, for instance, there was like under the bridge music video, super famous. Like, are there any music videos in particular? Oh yeah, I mean like the uh, the give it away music video. That one's um, also equally uh, iconic. It's in black and white, and they're doing weird shit the whole time. I uh, love that one. Um, what's another good music video? They a bunch of the music videos for their earlier songs are a little bit. They're they're also equally as nutty. Um, I can't think of any like immediate ones though. That's okay. You mentioned one, which is all I needed. So I'm gonna cut right <laughs> here. Uh, you have actually hit four buzzwords so far, <laughs> sir. Um, I baited you into that last one because I thought I could get you, and I did. So uh, so far, you have hit. Uh, and I think this is in order. Uh, talk about jazz. You mentioned jazz band. I did. Talk about your middle school music taste. Because uh, yeah, and then uh, mention a band you used to be in, um, and then mention a music video. Those are the four you have hit. Look um, at that. <laughs> Look at that. 
for the viewers, uh, this is the buzzwords portion of Bands Beers Buzzwords. The way, the way this game works is I have 20 buzzwords here for Jacob. Uh, these are words, phase, phrases, tropes, um, kind of musical memes that I have written down here. And I'm going to be trying to bait Jacob into saying them uh, while we talk here. And uh, for everyone, he says he has to take a drink. I'm going to be drinking along with him too the whole time. And I encourage you, the listener, uh, if you can do so in a safe and responsible way, grab a beverage of your choice and drink along, uh, play along with us. It's super fun. In fact, what I'll do for you now, I'm going to cut and I will cut in uh, what all of the buzzwords are this week. That way you, the viewer, can be omniscient and know what they all are and tell when I'm trying to bait Jacob in. Uh, but you will be totally powerless to do anything about it. Uh, Jacob's not going to know what these are. <laughs> um, I'm going to cut now. This week's buzzwords are Mention Mr. Bungle Use an onomatopoeia Talk about your middle school music taste Mention the Minutemen Name a specific guitar or bass Mention a band you used to be in Refer to an album made post-1990 as a record Use the phrase ahead of its time Recite lyrics Mention Led Zeppelin Compare Chad to Will Ferrell. Say the word drink. Mention a part of a drum kit. Tell a drinking story. Describe a sound as warm. Mention a music video. Mention another RHCP guitarist. Talk about jazz. Say vintage. And say funky. All right, welcome back. Those are the buzzwords. Uh, so now you guys know what to look for. Um, yeah, I'm again, fucked. I'm, yeah, I'm going to hit, hit all of those. He he might, man. Jacob, again, does not know these. He's already hit four. Um, I, I, <laughs> he, he's probably going to hit a lot of these. These are some gimmies. Um, funny story, actually. Uh, Chris Sharma came on the program uh, a couple weeks ago, and he did a Descendants record. Yeah. And, um, and he told me, he was like, John, my goal is to hit all 20 every single bad okay okay i'm gonna shoot for that then i'm gonna shoot for that i'm gonna have to get another drink at the middle of this but i'll shoot for that yeah let's do it man because what i did for chris too is he hit like a solid he hit probably like half of them just naturally and then um at the end he was like how do i hit the rest of them and i just like kind of really baited him just one after another back to back he took like 10 drinks in a row it was awesome so we could do that for you if you'd like. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Um, before we jump in, what are you drinking today or I'm this morning? A, uh, I'm drinking a marg. I'm drinking a margarita. Throw some Cointreau in there. Drinking a margarita. Oh, a marg with some Cointreau. That's actually that's very legit, and that's like legit. Uh, well, it, it is a it, it's a fucking marg from you know it's a it's a ready made one, so it's not that legit. Mm. But <laughs> well, you threw the Cointreau in there. That's it's, that's classy. That's cool. Yeah, that shows some intent. Yeah. Um, I like it, man. I'm drinking, uh, I have my big, uh, tumbler of coffee here. Um, I'm, Sick, so I, I made some coffee and I, uh, I, uh, Irished up that coffee actually with some Johnny Walker that I had in the cabinet. So very nice, nice. Very uh, nice. Nice whiskey. And, uh, and, uh, so I'm sipping on that right now. Dude, good to know. Good to know. Somebody with me getting drunk. Yeah, man. I can't let you drink alone here, dog. Got, got a, got a stick it out with you fellow musician <laughs> um all right enough beating around the bush let's uh talk about this fucking crazy ass album yeah uh, dude. remind us one more time what album we're talking about blood sugar sex magic man there's a 
I have some general notes actually about the album. Um, if we yeah. want to go, if we want to talk it. about that, yeah. So I yeah. guess first off, just the production quality and like just the drum and bass sound. My God, that's so tight and locked in. Like this is this is my idol for for funk drumming and and bass. It's so it's so clear. The the bass drum perfectly accents a lot of the bass hits and they lock in perfectly the entire fucking time. The bass sound is dialed into a T. It's it's nutty how well produced um the the rhythm section is here. And that that is not selling short the guitar part. The guitar, I listen re-listening to this album, it just makes me understand like why John Fushante is always in like the top twenty at least of like top hundred guitar players or whatever. You know, those types of lists. Right. He, he's right. insane on this album. He is, dude. Um, I was super impressed with John Frusciante's uh, playing on this record. Again, like I said, I hadn't uh, sat down and listened to this one in a long time. And so sitting down and really giving it a, a close listen, like a very um, active listen. Yeah. Um, I was picking up some really cool stuff that he was doing. Um, to uh, to your point, though, on the um, on the uh, the drum and bass parts, um, Flea, apparently, I, I was reading this, Flea, like, said that um, he he made a conscious effort on this record in particular to um, play a little bit uh, less. Yeah, yeah. And, and focus a little bit more on, like, uh, you know, kind of a less is more style, getting really into the groove. I mean, he's always been super deep in the pocket with Chad and and obviously i mean these guys have been playing together even at this point in 1991 they've been playing together for what a decade yeah they've so, already mean, played they're, for years they're uh i mean super tight musicians and uh but he really made a conscious effort on this one to do less uh in your face melodic stuff and a little more like just deep in the pocket groove based stuff um, yeah you can really uh you can really see that like if you if you if you have the track listing up or listening along um the song funky monks his his mm. baseline in the in the verse um, it's it's a single note and it's, it's just just matching the bass drum it's super super groovy and it's a single note um it's one of my favorite songs on the album but yeah shit like that it's this this it's funny that you mentioned that i had a note about this as well this comes off the heels of mother's milk that was their previously released album that one was much more aggressive it's a uh, very in your face like i'm gonna play a shit ton of notes Ugh, excuse me and this one definitely a lot more understated, and it works to their benefit. That definitely a lot more of the musicianship comes through um, with that restraint. But yeah, the uh, if you listen to the previous album, listening to this one, it's almost like night and day in terms of their musical style. Yeah, it's that's totally right, and it's and what's cool is it it allows the whole band. I mean, as individual musicians in their own individual parts, but at the band as a whole too, when they want to go really hard, they can, and it has so much more impact. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Like obviously flea uh, does not hold back the whole time. He certainly does what flea does best and sends some, I mean, he has straight up bass solos on the record, you know? And, and so when he goes from say, you know, perfect example, funky monks is just that kind of monotonal um he's almost doing like the modal jazz uh you know kind of uh uh, uh you know if you listen to like naima by coltrane yeah, yeah. Uh, who, who who was his bass player i forget but um, uh, ron he, carter i can't remember uh, oh it may have been ron carter um but he on like naima by coltrane he's just hitting that e flat note again and again and it's like you hear that here in a totally different context but it's like so cool and it's just that really high level musicianship you know and but then during like the breakdown and stuff uh he was fucking nuts he gets he gets 
And then there's a bass solo outro. It's like, so he can build it up from this single note to then taking you out with a, a bass solo and it's so effective. And then the whole band too, on, on certain songs, uh, they come in and they have that, you know, near metal sound on some of the riffs. And, and so, it, you know, they can take it from really quiet to really in your face and loud. And it's so much more effective. I yeah. Yeah. It. Especially in like, if you go back and listen to funky monks too, the, the, the guitar solo, he like Frusciante rips super oh, hard yeah. and then they go right back into like the single note, uh, bass part with like and it's really simple stripped down verse like it's 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 having that restraint um in certain areas definitely lends greater impact to like the the crazier parts of your song yeah dude that's that's absolutely right man i was i was really impressed with Frashante's um dynamic too just me as a guitar player like funky monk is one example but a couple other songs too where he he'll start a solo with kind of a really his like funky weird clean kind of dry guitar tone yeah. and then hit it with the fat you know martial overdriven uh fuzzy like crazy ass uh effects too and it's same thing it's just kind of he like builds you up and then hits you with it and then they break back into the super clean super tight little funk yeah first. did you uh did you by chance listen to um i could have lied and like the guitar solo on that one yes dude that's I the lied. i think that's the best one on the on the album i think um, dude, yeah, that, that one struck me because it's, um, that one, my note on that is it's like the most conventional for Shante solo, I would say in terms of like a classical, like guitar solo. Yeah. But that's why it stood out to me is because it was like the least weird, like he still has a little bit of that funky kind of fuzz breakup effect on the guitar, but, um, that's like why it's so effective is it's like, that's a song and like more acoustic based, softer, a uh, little folkier kind of folk punk right, at times. Right. And, and um, when he finally comes in on that solo, it's like, Oh my God. Yes. It like totally builds you up um, to that. Like I super cool. Like these are, these are guys who really, you can tell, understand like dynamics. Like the, these are guys who have clearly been, playing together and playing live they know how to kind of work the oh totally the, the dynamic yeah i think the uh um i could have lied is like the best example of this but he does it all over the album it's the perfect complement to the the lyric content lyrical content of the song um in terms of like a it's it's almost like an angry kind of brooding guitar solo that's that's a, that and it's hurt it sounds like to me because if you look to listen to just the first note of the guitar solo on "I Could Have Lied," it's a it's a cutting note. It, like it doesn't sound. It almost sounds like a mistake, but like it's a it's it's very jarring and how how he brings you into the guitar solo and that kind of sets the tone for the whole thing. But in in general, it, it it kind of brings your attention to how well he matches the energy of the song and of the lyrics with his guitar guitar, the guitar solos <laughs> got it out throughout the, <laughs> the entire album uh, and it's it's just a testament to his musicianship agreed man that is i that is perfectly perfectly put man that is that is exactly right um side note what do you know what kind of guitar Frashante was using on this one Oh, I have no idea. He uses a lot of like, uh, like old vintage, vintage fenders and like vintage guitars. Um, I, I have, I have no idea what what his particular gear was actually. 
Oh, that's all right. I uh, you, you got close enough for me here. I actually you actually got two. That was a two for one. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> two buzzwords. Say vintage and yeah. name a specific <laughs> guitar. I'm going to say since you said vintage Fender, that's specific enough for me. Um, <laughs> so that's two. of them. I, I had a feeling I was like, I feel like he's baiting me here, but I'm that's just going to take little, the bait. That's a little. Yeah, I, I, I usually tell my guests, hey, I'm if, if you can tell I'm baiting you just just go with it. I'm, you know, you drink, drink at your own pace. That's your protection against me, but uh, it's way more fun when you get God. It's kind of funny, you know? <laughs> uh, so dude, and that's yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the one other thing I wanted to mention as a general note before we started, I just kind of, I, I think you've gone through like uh, the track listing in previous podcasts, but another, the last general note is the lyrical content is always a thing that people make fun of for the Chili Peppers, and I think it's well-deserved in a lot of ways. Um, you know, like w- weird nonsense phrases saying California a bunch, the, the hypersexuality of it. But in this album in particular, there's a lot of that, of course. There, there are gibberish. There is like uh, hypersexuality and weird masculinity. But like this album, it, it conflicts. He juxtapo- juxtaposes like suck my kiss it's right next to i could have lied like you know suck my kiss is a very violently sexual song next to i could have lied which is a song about regretting that you lied regretting that you told the truth to your lover about cheating on her um, or or them um and it's it's this weird juxtaposition i use that word too much because i'm kind of getting drunk now of like (laughs) this hyper masculinity next to this kind of bare uh this i guess a bare version of masculinity like it's still that's still a very uh, hedonistic um what's what's the word i'm looking for uh to be like yeah i could have lied about cheating on you but i didn't like it's still like in your face but he's he's playing it like a very quiet like uh uh, how come i gave you the power to hurt me sort of thing um right it's It's interesting uh, yeah 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 it's yeah, I don't I don't know exactly the word for that, but you're right. It is kind of another version of like hyper masculine. Like um, he's still only thinking of the situation from himself and his own right uh, benefit. You know, it's like he regrets it uh, because he got caught and not because uh, he did something wrong. Like yeah, you know. Um, to your point too, and I I think if you want, yeah, we can just jump in. We've already talked about a number of these tracks, but like um, Sir Psycho Sexy um oh, for is sure. one where obviously hypersexual hyper masculine uh, toxic masculinity if you want to use that term but i was reading that one's supposed to be kind of a uh, like it's ketis kind of doing a caricature of himself it's mm-hmm. like supposedly a little more self-aware like he he wrote that as kind of this uh here's the here's the caricature of anthony ketis like this is uh like it's maybe a little more self-aware and i think to your point um, especially, I don't know if you want to talk about this song now or save it till later, but like under the bridge being on there is a perfect example yeah, of, of yeah. suddenly, uh, suddenly like, uh, here's a, here's a totally vulnerable one. That's like way, way off. Um, and I don't honestly, know if you want to talk about that one now. Like or what. the, we can, we can go into it. It's a, it, I think it's kind of the emotional crux of this entire album. Um, mm-hmm. which is funny because like it's a lead it's a leading single it's like one of these singles from the album and like one of the biggest songs of their career so for it to come off of this this album set says a lot and and you have to view it in terms of like the where it is in the album because you get the entire you get almost half of the album and then you get to under the bridge so you have this like crazy bombastic like power of equality if you have to ask uh, funky monk suck my kiss like there's there's like 
every once in a while there's like a, a really slow song stuck in there actually i'm looking at it right now so like power of quality if you have to ask those are up more upbeat and then breaking oh, yeah. the girl it's slower funky monks yeah. up my kiss way more the energy ramps up then back down to i could have lied um and then you have i think four in a row mellow ship righteous give it away blood sugar and then uh, under the bridge which is the emotional crux like i said and it's like it's this it's this back and forth it's this it's this putting beside two two aspects of his like hyper masculinity which is like this crazy like in your face like i'm gonna this is the shit i'm saying get used to it motherfucker i'm gonna just say gibberish in your fucking face and you're gonna have to deal with it and then like songs about you know breaking the girl it's just like uh an emotional what, what muse on like god what is that song even about I th- uh well in, in... i had i had read this is this is not my uh you know genius analysis but i had i had read that ketis like i guess ketis has come out and said like um it's about womanizing him. it's about womanizing yeah okay yeah that's right being, him being like worried that he's uh, I guess his father was a bad womanizer and he, th- that song is about yeah. like he's worried he's turning into his father. So actually another kind of vulnerable, okay, there it is. Um, like self uh, aware one on there, which is, is so funny. It's like, you know, you go lift, listen to a like uplift mofo or any of the, you know, early stuff. There's zero of that. On, yeah. On earlier, early so- earlier records, no self-reflection. <laughs> no, absolutely not. And they're fun. They're incredible albums like don't get me wrong but um yeah it's interesting to see you're you're totally right it is like every couple songs there is kind of this lull there is kind of a an ebb and flow to this album which is really really interesting yeah and it's uh it's a good listen like honestly listening to it it's i think the the order is right and the the ebb and flow like you said it's it's a very interesting way to take in this album um for for that reason of just like the crazy energy that's pumping through, but you still get this this undercurrent of like, um, yes, I'm very masculine, but sometimes I regret that I'm I'm chained to that idea of masculinity with with some of these songs. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because this, you know, you you could see it as like they're they're getting a little older, a little more mature, and I mean they're still pretty young at this point, but they're they're starting to you know, maybe the, this whole thing is starting to wear on them a little bit. I know this, this tour that they went on right after this album was kind of a huge, uh, point of inflection. For oh yeah. Band. I think it, Pearl it, Jam it, and Nirvana were on that one. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Yeah. That's, I, I think you're absolutely right. And I'm bummed cause I actually had mentioned Nirvana on here, but I took it off. I replaced it with something <laughs> else. Damn. Um, <laughs> but yes, dude, like huge tour. Like, I mean, obviously they were pretty dang huge before this, but then this album in particular, they really kind of catapulted into stardom. And, and, um, I know like it was hard on the band. Like this is when Frusciante uh, like left the band, right? Was yeah. After this album. Yeah. He was, he was, yeah. he didn't like the, uh, the stardom. It, it took a toll on him and uh, like him and uh, Kiedis were like in varying stages of heroin addiction. So um, I guess I think the, the addiction and the, um, I think, yeah, right after this album, the addiction and the startup got to him and they, they, I think they fought, fo- did they follow this up with one hot minute? I can't remember now. I don't know it, if that was the following album. Uh, it may have been cause I know they had, um, they had to hire, um, like for Shante wasn't on one hot minute, which is why it's like really, yeah, yeah that um, was, uh, that was Dave Navarro. Dave Navarro. Uh, uh, uh mention, wait, did I put it on here? Did you? <laughs> it was one hot minute that followed up. Yeah. Yes, mention another RHCP guitarist is one of the <laughs> I was hoping you'd mention Hillel or or maybe well, actually, Dave Navarro. 
If we um, want to talk about Halal, that's one of my one of my favorite songs on the records about him. Yes, my lovely man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let, uh, jump in, bro. I mean, that's that's another one of those songs. It's just like a super tender ode to their dead friend Halal. Halal Slovak, the the original guitarist of the Chili Peppers. Um, they they've gone through a number of guitarists, but uh, he he died of a heroin overdose fairly early in their career, and it's this it's this kind of specter that's followed them throughout their their entire you know existence as a band and for sure as like as Keita sees he's sober now but for years he went through heroin overdose uh, the heroin heroin um addiction and so yeah. so this song like, this song stands out to me because it's it, it it's something they didn't need to do like very clearly they could have just like forgotten about him like musically and lyrically but like they his his sound and his style if you listen back to the guitarist the guitar parts in earlier albums it influences it to this day like frushante idolized halal <laughs> yeah absolutely dude and y- you can hear that and it's it's to the point where funny enough like even listening to one hot minute um hearing the way Dave Navarro plays on One Hot Minute, you can tell he's trying to do the Frusciante, uh Hillel. You yeah. know, he's trying to really fit in. It's it's interesting. And then even like nowadays, like Josh, or uh, until very recently, Josh Klinghoffer and stuff, um, it's like everybody has really, like they definitely passed the torch. And like the guys, the new guitar players who come in, they do bring their own style. They do have their own uh, vibe to them. But like... Um, it's very much passing the torch like it's it's been very cool to hear all the different guitar players really pay homage to the guy that came before them and uh really like serve the song serve the band do the yeah that's so cool to me and and which is why i don't get man i don't get why people hate on dave navarro i I think i think he did a great job on that album i think i think given given the fact that they just came off of one of the best albums in their career navarro did as well as he could have on the on the follow-up <laughs> certainly certainly i yeah that that album is i you know there are more duds on that album than this album but i mean <laughs> we're, we're talking about blood sugar sex magic man like come on like that's that's like saying uh magical mystery tour had more duds than uh than uh sergeant pepper yeah. or something you know what yeah, i mean it's yeah. like come on like oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude yeah my lovely man so one of my favorite songs uh, my second favorite guitar solo on the on the record um you know that song isn't it's not doing anything too interesting musically but um i just i really love the the groove in that song the bass line's amazing and the um i guess the breakdown of that song and the subsequent guitar solo all all very very just just tight and simple and the song it's in a rarity for the chili peppers the, the song meaning is very lucid and he's saying something very concrete which is not something you get out of anthony kiedis a lot <laughs> no no which but hey that's that's cool man like I, that's the same thing yeah musically that one doesn't stand out per se but it's like the content is what carries it it's like a very fitting tribute to their friend and i i think that 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 alone is enough you know and it's cool that they can kind of figure right. that out and and do that um uh, I wanted to jump back to uh, as well, like we're talking about addiction and stuff. And, you know, we'll ju- I just want to jump back to Under the Bridge real quick, because it's like I feel like kind of throwing it back to Hillel, who had who had died from heroin overdose. And then I know for Shante and, and Kitas, too, were uh, using heroin at the time. And Under the Bridge is is where we. I don't know if, if previously in their catalog, they they like directly talk about heroin use. I, I, they, you know, uh... I don't know. The, in in the song "Knock Me Down," that was off the previous album. 
that was mm-hmm. a lot about um I think the chorus is like if you see me getting high if you see me getting by knock me down like that that song was was a lot about uh his 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 how tortured he felt about the fact that he was still using heroin after his friend had okay. died from it um but I think that was the most that that was the most that they'd come to grips with that lyrically um before before under the bridge okay okay so yeah so they had mentioned it then, yeah but under the bridge pretty poignant obviously it, it builds and builds and there's kind of no um there's like kind of a chorus uh obviously there there is the verse chorus thing but then they come to kind of the final uh chorus of the song if you will um where it's you know yeah. under under the bridge under downtown, the bridge downtown. I, yeah um i'm gonna hit you recite lyrics is one of them <laughs> <laughs> I've, done, I've already done that i've done that a couple times that that's true this i i just i want to hit you when you did the little falsetto that was nice <laughs> <laughs> um i was gonna say too um did i put this no that wasn't on there okay never mind uh have you referred to this album as a record yet um you mean this record no i don't think so Okay, well, you just said it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Refer to an album made post-1990 as a record is one of the buzzwords. Um, so there you go, 1991. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, okay, no, this one, yes, lyrically, it's like they come to the crux of the song, and it's and it's this, um, I almost consider that to be the chorus of the song. It's like the one chorus yeah. at the end, almost, you know, it's in it, and it's... Um, yeah, it's straight up, like under the bridge downtown, I threw my life away. I, you know, that's where I found my love. That's right. You know, he's, I, that's where I drew some blood. Like he's very directly talking about doing heroin under a bridge in downtown LA. Like, yeah, super it's, raw, it, I mean, super it's, cl- it's clear why this song resonated with so many people. Like, it's just about being at your fucking lowest point, the lowest point you could possibly be under a bridge downtown. And it's, you're in LA, you're feeling lonely. <laughs> it's the one of the most populous cities in the world. And you, you have no one you could talk to about what you're going through. Um, so it, it makes sense that the song hit a chord with a lot of people. And, uh, oh, funny story about this song. So personal connection, um, in high school, my girlfriend, uh, we were, we were breaking up for, cause she was going to basic training for the national guard. Um, and, uh, I was with her, her family, uh, last night in town, dropped her off at the hotel. She was about to go get in an airplane to go to basic training in like the South, uh, the next day we dropped her off and, uh, we're driving away. I'm with her family. This song comes on the radio under the bridge and I start crying like a child in the back seat. <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm really try really fucking hard to stifle it, but it's very obvious that I'm crying, and, and it's <laughs> I'm, Bro. I'm crying like the the. It's funny too because I, I was like ramping up during the song, but then it gets to the, like the end chorus, and I'm like I'm almost like you know the the ugly cry where you're like kind of snorting. I'm I'm like doing that, <laughs> and no one's saying a fucking word. I know they all hear me doing it. oh dude i feel for you man that's that's the that's that's um yeah that's that's the memory i have a lot of the times when i want to listen to the song and now it's a funny it's a funny thing obviously because like you know the fucking situation but uh in the in the moment i was like oh my god i understand the song now yeah that's intense man i I, dude like it is funny but i also totally feel for you like damn that's 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 rough man lonely as i am together we cry and bigger whatever it's like a major nine chord or something like this beautiful oh his guitar playing on that song is just amazing honestly yeah 
Oh yeah, I think he was playing a, a jag on that one too. Yeah. Funny enough, or uh, was it a jazzmaster or something like that? He was playing one of the offset fenders. That's mm-hmm. oh, so good, man. Yeah, his so his clean his clean sound is unreal. It's so it's yeah. so it's so clear and angelic, and it it fits it fits perfectly in the song. Like that that that's a that's a re- it was a really good choice on his part. It was man. It was it was so tasteful because his his clean tone normally it's that very thin highly compressed very dry you know funk sound yeah it's a, it's a funk kind of motown almost sound um but then on this one it's a much fuller um prettier sound and it's it's you know it, you can tell his amp is saturated but not broken up right he likes to use that kind of dying battery uh distortion sound like super ugly but this one it's so pretty it just it shows his range yeah it's it's, it's awesome it's, it's like it's like a it's like a what like a dying a dying the dying breath of an angel is <laughs> how would, would 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 orally describe that that guitar sound like you when it, when he goes and plays like louder notes you can hear it almost break up but then he goes back he like brings back the the, the volume and it goes back to that nice clean sound it's it's so it's just so perfect <laughs> yeah again a, a dude who's clearly had that guitar plugged into that amp so many times oh, for sure and knows how to and knows how to goose that and doesn't fuck around a whole lot with like crazy effects pedals and whatnot like he really just knows how to get the tones he wants with his his gear it's that's that's beautiful um dude i was gonna say um this song kind of reminds me and uh breaking the girl kind of reminds me i want to see if you made this connection too is there is there any band uh you know kind of a classic rock band that maybe you were hearing kind of with the song structure of this one and maybe some of the soundscape on breaking the girl uh and other times kind of the riff driven rock sound is there any does that bring to mind any possible influences for these guys oof um i don't know man i think i can't i can't think of off the top of my head i I feel like you're trying to bait me but i i honestly would i would say it if i had any idea i'm trying to bait you i I, I put this one on here, but mentioned Led Zeppelin. Oh, okay. Okay. Do you feel that? Because this song, the, I... the structure to me, the way it's laid out, reminds me a lot of like Stairway to Heaven, where it it kind of has this almost no chorus. I mean, obviously, I I don't ever want to feel like I did that day. Yeah. He repeats that as kind of a chorus, but um, it, it's kind of like the whole song builds and builds until the final chorus like the you know and and that kind yeah. of reminds me of stairway and then on on um what's it called breaking the girl to me the kind of acoustic and it's in three chad's doing this kind of uh shuffly like really cool fills and stuff and it's in three and and they're um or six eight i guess but um and then uh there's the mellotron did you pick up on that the little flutes i the did mellotron. yeah yeah the mellotron flutes. that's that's totally like to me it was like a john paul jones flute at the beginning of stairway if, if you hear that at all yeah but um and then obviously some of their just heavier riff driven stuff kind of reminds me of you know jimmy page sometimes oh i mean that. absolutely they owe a lot to that but it's funny it's funny you mentioned that i had a note about this as well so uh my least favorite song of the album is actually the greeting song and uh in oh. <laughs> in uh Kiedis's autobiography um it's also he names it also his le- favorite song um he calls it a lively rock tune in the Led Zepp tradition but i never found my place in it um and he uh, he goes on to say ironically years later general motors called us up and wanted to create an advertising campaign for chevy by printing the words to greeting song on a blank page 
and I couldn't let him do it. I didn't believe in those lyrics. Like it's his, it's his least favorite song, and he thinks it sounds like Led Zeppelin. So it's funny that you mentioned that. So because I, I do hear it. I think what you're saying is valid in terms of like that, that musical influence. Um, but I, I, I think it's, it's really funny that his least favorite song and my least favorite song, he, he would call uh, Led Zeppelin <laughs> influenced. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, because my, uh, my notes on that song are are somewhat scant like i i definitely remember listening to that song i loved uh for Shantae's, like overdrive tone that's probably the the most kind of classic rock sounding yeah. overdrive tone and classic rock sounding kind of riff but it was a little bit like it did feel a little bit forced like i, I can totally feel that where it was kind of like uh, i liked the guitar tones i thought the riff was cool it like it's on paper it's a good song but it, it kind of like didn't uh, do it for me like some of the other songs did yeah like, i think um, it's uh it's very straightforward it's like it's it's the it's just like ban 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 like it's and the bass just doubles that it's uh it's very it's very it's a departure because like usually the bass part is a sort of contrapuntal it's it's comp- complementing mm-hmm. the the vocals and the guitar but here it's just like i'm just gonna double this shit you know it's very very simple um and and not really in line with what every other song is trying to do musically right dude that's absolutely right it's it's um and i've got to tell you use an onomatopoeia is one of the buzzwords so, <laughs> bam, 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 bam. so you, <laughs> you got got there um, i felt that but, when i was saying it i was like this feels like a buzzword type of thing <laughs> dude but uh still sick i i was gonna say but you're totally right like this is a really cool band in that um yes like each one of these guys knows how to uh, drop back and come forward and and you know like if flea is doing a uh counter melody to for shot or uh, to uh Kiedis's vocals right he might be doing kind of a counter melody um Frishante is just sitting back and hitting the little upstrokes but then uh flea will sit back and do the bass line while Frishante takes a lead or while they you know like the, and then Kiedis can even do a very give it away give it away give it away not like yeah. very just percussive rhythmic like each guy knows how to drop back into the pocket and let the other dude go forward. Like they, they all know how to serve the song and take turns like that. Um, I was going to say like the, them following each other so tightly on this one is a little boring, but then on like blood sugar, sex, magic, the title track, it's really cool and really effective to hear flea and Frishante doing this kind of, I think it's like a fifths harmony or something. Yeah. Like they totally again are following each other but it's so much more interesting. Like they, it, they're doing this kind of fits harmony thing. Yeah. It's honestly, like, I just, I just feel like they phoned it in with a greeting song. That's the one song on this album where I'm like, eh, if you got rid of it, it wouldn't change the album at all. <laughs> right. Right. It's, it's funny. It's funny. You say that it's, it's literally like I have kind of scant notes for that one, but also like, yeah, <laughs> they're, uh, they're red hot. That one, that one uh, is also my, my second least favorite on the album. Uh, it feels like a shit post almost like it's funny. It is a shit post, but here, do you know the little the little uh, story behind that one? No, no. I, I <laughs> so that song is actually that's an old Robert Johnson song. Oh, is it really? Oh, that's an old Robert Johnson song. So that that one, yes, it feels like a little shit post. But when I learned that, when I learned it's actually a cover of a Robert Johnson song, suddenly I was like, funny. "Oh, that's really cool that they found a song titled They're Red Hot." Uh, by Robert Johnson, classic blues man. Uh, and that was and the only reason they covered it. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it, it's kind of a 
so at that point it feels like kind of a fun little okay, uh, in, little wink <laughs> yeah in that in that in that uh context yeah I, I i think it's it's fine that it's on the record you know you just recorded a fucking bunch of bangers and you're like haha funny song about tamales let's fucking do it nerds let's yeah <laughs> get on board bitches and doing heroin and sing about tamales yep dude i i like it man but if we want to take a really deep reading of that robert johnson is the original uh man of the 27 club and it's interesting to think about um you know these men and at this point in their life dealing with heroin and stuff like i wonder if they kind of maybe even subconsciously saw themselves as the next members of the 27 club it's kind of i mean yeah i mean i think you know uh this is so it's funny uh Kedis's autobiography i i read that I, I don't know like a, a couple times and it's funny because that's i don't know why my parents let me fucking read that because it's like it's all about like sex and heroin addiction and i read it at a formative age um <laughs> may, I, I i don't know if they knew what was in it but um yeah i'm, I'm just c- completely surprised that he just didn't fucking die much earlier because of all the shit he put his body through you know <laughs> Yeah, they, uh, I mean, Kiedis and Frusciante, obviously, too, they they all uh, presumably came very close. They were all very, uh, I mean, they were on a, a a bad place, man. It's, yeah. it's scary. I've, uh, I've never read, excuse me, I've never read Scar Tissue, funny enough. I've, I've known a lot of people in my life, people whose musical opinions I really, really trust. And um, I've had a number of people tell me they've read Scar Tissue and like highly recommend it. I have yet to read it. I've yet to read it. Yeah, it's uh um I can't I, I, I need to reread it. I can't I don't know if I can say much about like the prose itself. But uh in terms of like um the history of the chili peppers and just like getting a uh, a glimpse on it, it's interesting. And I will say that um I I'm not entirely sure how reliable of a narrator uh Kiedis it actually is. Um there's a there's a note I have um actually from uh Sunit O'Connor. So the the mm. song the the track we were talking about, I could have lied. It's about mm-hmm. Sunit O'Connor, the the Irish singer, and it's a the, the song is about um, Kiedis admitting that he cheated on her. But in an interview with Q Magazine, May 29, 2009, uh, she denied that she had a relationship with Kiedis and said, "quote I hung out with him a few times, and the row we had was because he suggested we might become involved." She also stated that she doesn't give a shit about the song. And added, quote, I'm not a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. I can't bear them. I don't get it. So <laughs> so so that 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 makes me I have a conflicting idea about like is is Anthony Kiedis right all the time? He's like this, this is a tie devoted an entire song about breaking up with this girl, but then the girl in an interview in the magazine's like, I don't fucking know that guy. <laughs> that's interesting. I don't like his music. Yeah, like that's so hard to say. Like Kiedis could have been uh i mean he could have been lying he could have been misremembering he may have uh or he could have uh totally misinterpreted their little hangout or whatever that was uh or he may have that's super funny or Sinead o'connor could be full of shit like who knows yeah i mean she could uh, be completely ashamed about the fact that she she was like a jilted lover (laughs) (laughs) never heard of that guy screw him but it's (laughs) it's just funny that 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 actually and lends a lot more credence to that hyper masculinity stuff because it's like okay well did he fucking read into like whatever times they were hanging out in as a relationship is that how almost like deluded and um you know if he if he like is with a girl more than a couple times he's like oh we're in a relationship you know like uh, that it, it 
it lends to this idea of delusion and like being in your head and this, this hyper masculine picture that he 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 Anthony Kiedis push, like pushes onto the world. Like if you saw his er, like earlier promotional stuff, he's always always shirtless. He's always singing about sex, and that's a huge part of their identity as a band. Um, so it's it's this this album was a very clear departure into something a little bit more self reflective for the band and since then it's been kind of hit or miss i think this is this is really when it came into like the most focus for during their career i could be wrong i haven't listened to the most recent album yeah that's that's funny it like he maybe uh like he maybe yeah has such a strong opinion of himself that he like he sees himself as such a uh, virile and attractive guy that any girl that's ever been around him was instantly in love with him. So of course they were like, you know, she, you know, that's so funny. That's such an yeah. interesting take on it. Like you have to wonder almost like a guy who sings about sex this much is either like a total sex maniac or he's like the uh, like total loser who doesn't get laid at all, but like wants to seem like he does. I think, like, I think he I gets mean? laid a lot. I, 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 he probably does. But um, I do wonder because like, it, so his Wikipedia article, it's, uh, it states that he, um, has admitted to committing statutory rape. So I, w- I also want to make it clear that I'm not I'm not idolizing the man or the band. I no, I, I did I used yeah. to I I was I was I was a very a very ardent fan previously, but in in, in maturing, I've discovered how how nuanced it is to be a fan of somebody's music and be a fan of the person themselves. And I am a fan of the music, and I will say that like you know I. <sighs> Fucking, I know what I did as a member of a band, and that wasn't even that super crazy. But like being in a super famous band, you're gonna be doing twice the crazy shit, three times the crazy shit that I did. And I, <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to be associated with somebody that's three times as crazy as me. So right. So there's that. Um, it does make for entertaining stories and music, though. So <laughs> uh, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. But that's not a defense of statutory rape in by any no. means. No. No, 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 this, no this not a justification. Is, <laughs> this pod is anti-statutory rape. And right? rape. We're just going to get that out of and, the way. And any any rape. Yes, no qualifiers needed. Uh, we're... <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, you know, it's a, so I didn't talk about this in the beginning, and maybe I should have, but it's a very conflicting thing I have in my mind, my relationship with their music and um, how much I idolize them as a, as a young musician because I, I, I love their, their persona, but, like, I didn't realize that that comes with it's so loaded with um, the sexuality and with the whole Me Too thing. There was even like a, a short, a story about like the Ch- a Chili Peppers Me Too that never got off the ground. But it was it was a reporter saying that like two members of the band like groped her, and that that really that 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 cut me. Um, and of course, I I I, I want to believe her, um, mm-hmm. and it, it never got off the ground. I've never heard any more about it. But it, it was just so interesting to it, it recontextualized my the entire way I view the band and their music, because I'm like, yeah, they're hypersexual, but it's like it's like a cool thing. I was like, no, wait, that's it could very well not be a cool thing. Like, yeah, <laughs> I have no idea that's... like what that could have led to, you know, behind the stage, um, the kind of pressure they could have put on 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 women um, that were you know just trying to like hang out with the band because you know they like the band a lot. So, yeah, that, that's... right. Yeah, I I don't I don't. I don't doubt that for a second. And same thing. I mean, I brought up Zeppelin, like Jesus, man, those oh, guys, yeah. again, like dudes who musically, I, I totally idolize. Jimmy Page, like date a 16 totally year old or something like that. 
yeah, dude. Like literally they have lyrics in their songs where Robert Plant's singing about 16 year old, 17 year old girls. It's like, Jesus Christ, come on. That's (laughs) that's disgusting. Like that's like it. it, So yeah, it's kind of this hard thing where it's like you, you get a little older when you're young, you're like, Oh, that's a sick guitar riff. That's a sick guitar. So these guys are so good. And even getting older, it's like, Oh, their production, their like studio works so good. It's something I want to replicate. But then you start learning about them yeah off the stage behind this stage this nasty shit that they're up to and it's like god these guys are pieces of shit um but i still love their music it, yeah it's it's like what, what and are i think you, it's what are you gonna it's do? something it's something as as, uh, as younger musicians as as people that are kind of, i guess part of the generation influenced by these these people we need to that's our just our job to like be better and it's our job to i guess understand the spirit of their music and continue creating stuff like that stuff that will make people you know do podcasts about shit later on <laughs> which I'm not, I'm not saying that i'm going to do shit like that or make anything that iconic but like it's our job to be better it's our job to learn um and understand where this music comes from and the shortcomings of the people that made it and and improve on those in musically and in in our personal lives i think i think that's 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 a job <laughs> Yeah, I, I think you're right, dude. I think it's it's a it's a fine, fine rope to walk there. But it's like we have to be grown up enough to see the nuance and be like, yeah, these guys were some terrible guys in their personal life, but they did make some really groundbreaking music. So we need to take that and parse that as it is like it's it's not a black and white thing. You can't just say, well, we're going to completely forget about these guys and completely disregard them because the bad shit they did but you also can't just say oh they did some bad shit but hey like this song is so cool like fuck that we're gonna forget about that nah like you can't you can't sweep it under the rug that's bad so i I think you're absolutely right it's like we need to take what we can from these guys learn what we can from them and and carry that on like like don't uh shun this whole era of music history like we need to take what we can learn from them uh and then shun them for the bad shit but like (laughs) it's right it's like 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 study (laughs) study them without idolizing them that's the thing yes yes that's probably a good point yeah it sucks because like you know just in general in history all 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 white dudes influencing an entire art form can be traced back to something shitty you know so it's like it's like to to be in touch with your roots as a musician and like you know i i fucking love the tradition of of funk punk of of alt music that the that the chili peppers have have engendered with with their with their music but i I don't like where it comes from in terms of lyricism and and their potential problematic behavior towards towards women um so like there, there there's that really conflicting thing that comes with comes with liking their music for me and it's why i don't listen to their music that much anymore you know it's mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a cognitive dissonance that that's that's followed me ever since i started learning more about like the behind the scenes you know yeah well at least you can acknowledge that there is some cognitive dissonance there cuz then you can at least act on it be aware of it and like you said be be better you know? yeah that's 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 right that's all that's all, that's all we can really do at this moment <laughs> yeah yeah well hey um i'm thinking about some trivia right now is there anything else you want to say about the album before we jump into the trivia section um uh going through my notes i might have said everything i wanted to say about this album that's kind of kind of amazing i do want to pee though that's a thing that i do want to do um let's do that let's hit a bathroom break i'm i'm happy okay we're gonna continue record continue recording through the bathroom break uh yes uh, in case one of us dies okay cut this yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay brb brb real quick it's time for trivia 
Trivia. Trivia. Are you ready? I I was born. You were born. Yeah. So was I. <laughs> <laughs> okay, trivia. Question number one. What year did the album come out? Uh, 91. 91. Yes, yeah. sir. Uh, question number two. All right. What is Flea's real name? Uh, Michael Balzeri. Yes, sir. Michael Peter Balzeri. That is that is correct. I, 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 by the way, no, no internet open right now. I've, I've closed all my pages. Dude, that's sick. You, you can do this from memory. I, that, that's baller, man. I like that. Um, here's a fun one. All right, all right. Question number three: What historical figure uh, used to live in the house where the album was recorded? Oh fuck. I know it was haunted and like the band members, uh, the, the, the drummer actually didn't want to live in the house. They, everyone else was living in the house while they were doing it. And the drummer was like, I get bad vibes from it. I don't want to drive there. Yeah. Um, oh. Chad, Chad had to like commute. He didn't, yeah. he didn't live there. <laughs> Fuck dude. I don't know. Elvis. Uh, not quite. It was Harry Houdini. Damn it. Okay. Okay. Uh, bonus, bonus question. What, uh, what historical figure does Chad Smith look like? Uh, <laughs> who who is Chad Smith secretly? Ooh, ooh, pa- pa- uh, uh, Paul Revere. No, no, uh, less historical than that. <laughs> like he's still alive and and working today. <laughs> oh, oh, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell, yes. Oh, okay. okay, that's one of the buzzwords. Compare okay. Chad Smith to Will right. Ferrell. <laughs> I'll drink for that. <laughs> Did you um, see their that's... drum? I think they had a drum off on Kimmel and the. Yes, <laughs> yes, I did see that, and um. What's funny is um, I, I couldn't tell was was uh, Will Ferrell actually playing drums or was that the house band playing drums? I couldn't I, tell. I, well, I think he was sh- he was shitposting playing drums. I think he was legitimately like fucking around. OK, that's yeah. sick, because I know he did have that little drum section in Step Brothers. Yeah, where he plays John C. Reilly's drum kit. <laughs> um, that's funny. Oh, another famous comedian slash drummer. Uh, fun fact. Did you know that? Chevy Chase was originally like going to play drums for Steely Dan. I did not know that. Oh my god! Yeah, Didn't he, super he has he has a bunch of drum videos on YouTube. I, I saw those at one point. Oh, I didn't know he had drum videos out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's like he's like was <laughs> like drum him like him playing drums. That's I'm gonna have to check that out because he um it's, had, it's weird. It's uh, funny to see he had like jammed with steely dan and they were like going to have him as a drummer but then like he he didn't um super funny i don't know kind of funny probably good i heard he was kind of a jackass to work with i'm sure (laughs) i'm sure that doesn't surprise me um (laughs) okay question four uh what other groundbreaking album was released on the same day as blood sugar sex magic oh shit dude you mentioned this band earlier in the app. So um, I think early nineties. Uh, oh, was it? Uh, fuck, dude. What? I wasn't in utero. I'm thinking Nirvana. Was it? Um, you're real warm. You're real warm. Oh God! It was the was it? It was the baby album. The, yes. The, yeah, yes. Yeah, I will count that as a that is a W, <laughs> my friend. That is never mind Nirvana. Never mind. Fuck. Yes. I don't know why I could remember the name of it. Hey, the baby album, that is just as evocative. In fact, people more people would probably know the baby album than never yeah. mind. I imagine. I, I, I did say because I, I know it wasn't in utero. In utero was it was a it was earlier. It was much yeah. more niche. 
yeah that's uh but you're right man has anyone done a nirvana as an aside has anyone done a nirvana album for this yet no interesting okay no um i'm curious to see who's gonna do it someone will do it i guarantee you uh so far the biggest bands have been Actually, RHCP is probably the biggest one yet. That's that's um, funny because I, I I realized that when I picked the album, I was like, this is like the most mainstream basic shit I could pick. So I need to have like a good conversation about this. <laughs> no, that's great. I, I fucking love it. In fact, I I like it when people pick something more mainstream because I feel like that uh, gets me more viewers, like more people will connect with that. I feel yeah, like yeah, um, wider audience. So RHCP and then the other one, I did like a Radiohead episode, but even Radiohead, they're pretty huge, but I feel like that's still kind of a niche thing a little bit, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think, um, I think no, it, a random off-the-street person, if you were to pick between, like, Radiohead or Chili Pepper Song, they, they would they would recognize Chili Pepper Song more immediately. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there are, there are about a half dozen songs off this record alone that if I turned on K-Rock or, or KLOS today, I would hear at least one of these songs. Oh, yeah, for sure. There. Yeah, so that's that's this is probably the biggest one yet. But, hey... It's been great, dude. You've you've got some great information. This is excellent. Um, moving on, question number five: uh, Who produced the album? Rick Rubin. Uh, did you say Robert Rubin? I said Rick Rubin. I think you said Robert Rubin. Did Robert Rubin Ro- is correct. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's his name. This is it's Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin. Rick Robert. Uh, Rick he was goes. His he, he goes by Rick Rubin. Oh, he does. Yeah, that's, that's, oh, his, that's oh, his name. Okay, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Then uh, his Rick name Rubin. is his name is Frederick Rick Rubin. Oh, really? Robert Rubin. Oh, where are you getting Robert Rubin? Wikipedia. Wikipedia is wrong. Uh, Wikipedia is actually often wrong. Uh, so maybe I just read it wrong. Maybe Rick I'm wrong. Rubin. I'm, I'm not Frederick? looking. I'm not look. I'm not looking through this shit. Oh wait, okay, 1990s. Uh, okay, no, no, no. I was right. I was right. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. That's for sure him. He was he was their longtime producer. He produced like a lot of their albums. Okay, well, here's an extra question. Here's a bonus question. All right, right. Uh, what RHCP album did Ruben uh, pass up the opportunity to produce initially? Oh shit. Um, I name uh, dropped this one earlier too. I think it was Uplift Mofo. He didn't it produce that one. Mofo. Yeah, he did not That's produce right. that one. He like uh, was like looking at it, maybe going to produce it, but he like didn't get along with Hillel or something like that. Or he had some problem with Hillel's drug use, something like that. He was like, didn't get along. Yeah, with Hillel, well, they were so they were much more they were much more erratic then. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, like you listen to this shit. And you think this is a party record, bro? Uplift Mofo Party Plan. Oh, seriously. That is a party record. Yeah, like, I was into that shit. I mean, <laughs> oof. Those early records, the 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 self titled and Uplift Mofo, those are those are all over the place in terms of energy and <laughs> and lyricism. Those are those are I, I wouldn't say, I guess, Uplift Mofo is actually fairly cohesive in terms of its style, but it's the energy is one hundred percent like all the time. There there's no backing down at any point. Yeah, dude, they're relentless. <laughs> um yeah that that's a fun record but uh yeah uplift mofo party plan baby um final question for you yeah uh what was the name of the documentary of like the recording process called it was funky monks right funky monks yeah dude that is right dude um dude fuck yeah you got it man i think you got every one of those or i got i I didn't get the harry Houdini. houdini one yeah um otherwise yeah dude that's sick man that's the trivia for you yeah, um, I know my shit. 
You do, man. I, I appreciate you coming prepared for this thing. Um, let me pull up now. The last thing I got for you here are the uh, rapid fire questions. Do it. Um, these are going to be um, just first thing that comes to mind. All right. Um, I'm actually going to draw. I'm going to draw a couple of these for you. I'm going to give you somewhat a longer section here because this is fun. Um, favorite track. Oh, um, fucking my, my lovely man. My lovely man. Least favorite track. Uh, it's a greeting song. Yeah. Have you ever listened to this album under the influence? Absolutely. One hundred percent. Do you want to elaborate or not? You can plead the fifth. Uh, I'll plead the fifth. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, this one's actually uh, this one's meant to be somewhat funny and philosophical, but actually, you could probably give a very accurate answer. What were they smoking when they made this album? Dude, I mean, weed for sure, but uh, I, I have... What were they no... injecting when they... <laughs> you know, I think this might have been during uh, a sober period for Ketis. I think that was part of the oh, reason really? he... was part of the reason he was living in um in the mansion was to be sober while they were recording this album. I see. Okay. I, um, I didn't realize he, that. He started using again, I think, after... Uh, during, for one hot minute. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I see. That works. If this album were a beer, what kind of beer would it be? Um, I want to say like a, like a, like a Miller light, but, but you spiked it with something good that like matches. It's, it's, it's kind of basic, but it's got some, some like very good flavor to it. <laughs> I don't know what you would Ooh. spike a Miller light with. You could do like a Michelada or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's some of that, some of that, some of that LA, uh, LA Hispanic flavor. I don't know, cause yeah. it's funny, cause we were talking about it. this this album in in at a surface value, it's very very basic, but I think there there's there's a lot being said underneath the hood and a lot musically going on. <laughs> I agree with that, man. I think that's a great characterization. Um, here's a, a killer question, right okay. here. All right, would you would you get intimate to this album? Uh, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> I would not fuck to this album damn i was expecting a yes no i'm uh i'm a i'm a i i only fucked instrumentals yeah maybe when you listen to the lyrics it's like hey maybe i don't want to this was uh, in your face this, this is kind of weird it's like little... you, do you take someone home and you play this to play this music and they're like what are you listening to Who like the fuck it, are you man you, yeah. you don't want to you don't want to play anything during sex that makes somebody go what are you listening to true that's true very true i dig that um are numbers created or discovered uh created explain i fu <laughs> fuck dude I, did you pick this because i'm a math guy um this has been on the show for a number of episodes oh wow, I, okay I actually initially i wanted to ask will this uh -huh. question but i i put it on like way earlier than will's episode and i've asked everybody and it's been really interesting to hear uh stem majors like engineers will is a physics guy uh, yeah. chris sharma is like an engineering guy so i think um, and non-stem majors too everybody answers it differently and it's a super interesting question so i you as a math guy i'm very okay. interested to hear your take yeah. all right okay okay so I, I formulated my answer um i'd actually so going back on on myself i i would say it's neither i think numbers are they just exist they don't they, they would exist without us um having any in, input on it but we do put we do give them names and we do ascribe them um, relationships. So that that's 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 the thing. Um, that's how, that's how numbers become important. And I guess in, in that way you would say that they're quote unquote discovered. Um, but I, I think they 
they they just ex- they exist regardless of of what 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 we ascribe to them and they're they're special in in that way you know <laughs> i see yeah it was interesting like will was like they're for sure discovered like um you know ratios exist regardless of us for instance but we may give the ratio a name like pi right right, um, right. whereas sharma chris was like Oh, they're 100% created, man. <laughs> like coming from an engineering background, like so much of this shit is just, we just decide uh, what this length of measurement is going to be. Or we right. decide this, we decide that. So it's it's super interesting to hear different people. But I think like, uh, you know, super like, qualified those, answering different ways. Yeah. <laughs> those numbers exist. Like, like, you know, the, the number of, the number of atoms in, 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 an, in a naturally occurring object that, that exists, that that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a naturally occurring number that like, you, you humans wouldn't when when you never even count like that precise number of atoms that's in the thing in front of you you have no idea how many that is but that that's a number in and of itself so like it's it's weird like the, i think i think maybe it's closer to discovered but maybe not really <laughs> i think, right. well, I think the, will's closer the, to but right the thing is is for instance like uh nowadays the uh like the kilogram and stuff is based upon like uh like a silicone atom yeah right? that, like that's, that's, de- a, that's decaying but but before that it wasn't before that it was based on like a metal cube that like some guy made so it's kind of like we've like it was like something we totally invented but then found a parallel where it was discovered and it's it's yeah (laughs) i can see why like an engineer would be like no a kilogram is just a fucking thing from from an engineering standpoint (laughs) yeah Uh, but then from a more philosophical like math like math is math in and of itself is a little bit esoteric to it in a sense even though it's like not even though it's very concrete it's the language of the universe man yeah um here's one this is i didn't have this one on here but i said this to robert so i'm going to say this one to you um so uh your father uh lends you his uh lucky axe um you go out into the woods to chop some firewood. As you're chopping the firewood, the axe handle splits. So you run into town really quick. You buy a new axe handle, fix it to the head, keep chopping your firewood, and you have to hurry home with the firewood, uh, firewood because you've lost so much time. Uh, on the way home, you drop the axe somewhere oh along the trail. You get back. You have the firewood. Your father is pissed that you lost his lucky axe. Um, there's a storm rolling in. It's getting dark. You can't go look for it now. First thing in the morning, though, you run back out. You find the axe along the trail. Uh, the new, brand new handle is nice and good, but the head has rusted completely through. So you go into town. You buy a new axe head. You affix it to the handle. You run back and say, Father, I found your lucky axe. Did you actually find your father's lucky axe? No, you, you completely replaced it at that point. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> I guess, okay, so in terms of the lucky axe, he likes the idea of the lucky axe, right? Right. Um, so I, I guess philosophically, if he thinks that, if he, if he absolutely thinks that that's his lucky axe, then yes, you found the lucky axe. But, there you but, go. So but, is, it, is, is there a, a greater hole than the sum of its parts, or did replacing the physical objects replace the lucky axe? Yeah, it's, it's, more, it's more what he feels about it, right? So I think, I think as, long as, he, as long as he thinks that as long, you you've you've given him the idea of the axe that's what he's he will latch on to if he does not scrutinize it, it <laughs> then, then he won't it. care i dig it um next question uh when the axe handle split um you were midway through chopping down a tree when you came back into the forest you couldn't find that tree again so you continued elsewhere well weeks later uh there's another storm and that halfway chopped down tree falls down you're not in the forest. There are no animals around. If a tree falls in the forest and no one is around to hear it, does it make a sound? Yeah. 
It moves. It, does. it, it moves them air molecules. Hell yeah, I dig <laughs> it. I dig it. Um, and finally, wait, there was one more. What question a what a saga that question was, by the way. <laughs> also, also, uh, we, we mentioned Robert. Uh, we were having a Zoom call recently. This is the, this is a mega fucking aside. But um, on our tour for this is Napoleon, I don't know, like three or four years ago. He, uh, we were talking about it, and he asserted that I threw up four times. I, there is no way that I threw up four times. I threw up once, okay? I could not have thrown up four times because I was not drinking a lot, specifically because I was driving. We took my car on tour, and I was driving it a lot. So I could not have physically and legally drinking enough to make me throw up four times on tour. I threw up once. <laughs> that is my assertion. He will say otherwise... He is wrong. Good. I'm glad we have that on tape, on the record. <laughs> um, although I will say in talking to Robert, he brought up, yeah, I was I was talking to Jacob recently and Jacob was like, I'm, I'm so bummed John hasn't invited me oh, on the yeah. pod yet. But then you went and looked at and you were like, oh, wait, John totally did invite me on the pod. I just like never got back. <laughs> so are you a reliable narrator? No, 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 not, not even a little bit. That's funny, though, because like, we we were you workshop this i would went back and read those like we were we were workshopping the the name for this fucking podcast um that's right yeah. oh i forgot about that yeah, i actually we were brought that up that. to you yeah i was like i was like we were talking before it was even a thing because you had just done my podcast and we, we it was fresh on our minds um yeah so it's funny it's funny that i just i just i legitimately forgot to to reply and be like yeah I'll get me on the, the one of the first episodes of your podcast but now i'm glad because like you uh, listening to you um like go through this you very clearly have an idea of what you're doing you you know you know the flow of your show um and so it's nice it's nice being in that environment that's that's what i like giving to my guests i like having um you know constant talking points and notes um for them to work with and and have like good responses to what they're saying and so to so to see you in that same mindset and it, it's really cool i'm not not saying that like your earlier episodes are bad to listen to but like to 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 come into the hands of somebody that's just like yeah okay I, I I gotta I gotta I gotta pace I, I know what I'm doing it's fun, dude I I really appreciate that man because obviously having having been on your pod a couple times um, I learned a lot from that experience and like obviously we're using ZenCast to record this that was a a Jacob uh, thing that you taught me and and um, dude so I appreciate that and I I totally agree that early episodes are a ton of fun but I I totally feel like I'm way more in the group oh you grow so much I mean yeah honestly like listening to my episode like 60 it's entirely different from listening to my you know like episode like 10 it's 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 a world difference that you just get from from doing it and understanding who you are on the microphone and how to interact with the guest yeah I feel that dude and by the way, I remembered my last question in the series about the axe. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the axe head, the axe head rusting. Um, did the axe head rust because time had passed, or did the rusting of the axe head give you the perception that time had passed? Oh shit! Uh, it happened because time passed. It would have happened regardless of of my perception of it. Yeah, but does that mean that time passed or did it just happen? Uh, I think time time has to pass for the chemical process of oxida oxidation, right? So like like if, if, if you're strictly, even, even if you're viewing it from outside the point of view of, of science and you would say like, okay, I'm looking at it at one point, it was like this and now 
and now I'm looking back at it and uh, like a different point by the very by the very virtue of the fact that you looked at it at two different times time some sort of time has to have passed right well does it yeah <laughs> I mean because here's the thing like you could you could say like um, you could use the rusting of an axe head as a measurement of time right you could say like the time it takes for one axe head to completely rust through is a that is a measurement of time right like the earth has to rotate around the sun that's a measurement of time but is that I mean, that's just something we made up, right? Like, what's the difference between measuring an axe head rusting and measuring the earth going around the sun? It's just all, this is kind of a created or just discovered thing, but it is, is time something we just made up? Um, I th- well, yeah, time, time is something that we ascribe to, like a, a, like a natural process, right? Like, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll stick a number on it, but it's all, it's all relative, and time passes differently, you know, in front of, like, different stars and you're when you're next to a massive gravity well time will pass differently for you than than it will on earth so like time is time is a really fucking arbitrary thing that we as- <laughs> ascribe ascribe the, the the ticks of a cesium atom to you know <laughs> yeah so yeah it, it it is the measuring of time is a human construct but i think time itself is, is very real um okay okay i dig it man um i was gonna say fun fact uh Something one of my big assertions is uh, the movie The Land Before Time 2. Oh, yeah, <laughs> is an inherently self-contradictory title because because there are two of them. You have created time. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking so, hot take, dude. Holy shit. So you, it can't be The Land Before Time anymore. You literally invented the concept of time by by making two of the them. distance oh, between the two movies. Holy shit. I never even thought of that. Oh, dude, Littlefoot's mom died for nothing. <laughs> dude, time is a flat circle. Has she died? <laughs> <laughs> Has she died? Does she ever even exist? Was 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 Ducky's voice actress fucking killed by her dad? We'll never know. <laughs> Were dinosaurs even real? Yeah. Um, what do you think powers yeah. our cars? Well, the Earth is a four-sided time cube, so if you think about it, there's actually four times going on at and it's once. all back to the time cube how was that <laughs> not, how was that not a drinking point for for us oh i should have done that i was actually thinking about putting uh like q on as one of the things yeah. but um <laughs> oh my god yes, you, uh, to the listeners you need to go check out jacob's podcast i've been on there talking about q conspiracy time cube theory flat earth uh we we get deep in the weeds on some crazy shit yeah. you guys should check out well, Jacob's well i don't know why we, we always talk about conspiracy shit when you're on it's what's fun though it's <laughs> it is it's a fun recurring uh thing i'm i'm super down with it <laughs> I'm, I'm almost tempted to do like another episode like um a little bit in just the the fallout from the from the capital um riot siege whatever the fuck you want to call it yeah i'd i'd be super interested to do that um i'm still like digesting that that was crazy yeah honestly <laughs> it, it's 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 nuts that that happened at this day and age but it makes complete sense <laughs> yeah yeah not really a surprise but uh dude um one last question for you this yeah, is man. another fun one i i ask everybody uh does a man with one lung get more high or less high off of a single bong rip and assume that one bong rip is a that is a controlled measurement Ooh. So so he's got he's got a single lung and he's doing a controlled measure of a bong rip. Um I guess it means I th- I think he would get okay. He might get the same amount of 
Hi. No. Ah, yes. Oh, See, that I, was I'm one. Tr- I'm that trying was to. A th- yeah. Go for it. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm trying, sorry, I'm trying to parse this in my mind because part of me is like, okay, your mucous membranes and your like your mouth and throat. I think those are doing the main work in terms of inhaling the actual active, um, psych- psycho psychoactive substance. You know. Um, I don't know how much work your your lungs are doing, but those are coated in a mucous membrane. Um, but I do want to say, so in that in that essence, even the, the person with one lung is not inhaling as much. He, he has less available surface area in his lung than you do with two lungs um, when you're right. inhaling that. So so I would say that maybe that that person is getting less high because the the smoke and, and active stuff that's not able to absorb as effectively in that one area as it is in two lungs right um dude that's it that's all my questions dope dude, this is a podcast um, this is a freaking podcast man we're uh, approaching 130 and i uh i can i'll edit maybe a little bit of this out so that's perfect sure. dude i had a great time this was this was a great conversation man any any parting thoughts for us um yeah, man. I mean, I think uh, going back to what we said earlier, I'm definitely, definitely a little bit conflicted about my love for the Chili Peppers. But I, I guess at the end of the day, I do, I do what love what they've contributed to to music and to the, I guess the cultural the cultural zeitgeist, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then how I talk about them and how they influence my art and my showmanship uh, in general. Um, yeah, I uh, if you haven't listened to the album, I, I recommend it. Listen to it with a critical eye and understand where it comes from. Um, but it's also like sometimes just easy to kind of lose lose yourself in it, and it, it, a lot of the songs are vibes. <laughs> my, I was talking to my friend, yeah. and we were talking about Chili Pepper stuff, and I was like, "Yeah, most of the songs, like I, I don't I have no idea what they're about, and it's just the the singer's just kind of just like he has a melody going on, and I could it could be very easily be singing gibberish, and I it would be the same thing." But he's like, "Yeah, but I kind of like I kind of like the vibe," and so that's that's something I pulled away from this. Is like, yeah, this is it's a it's a bit of a vibe album you can just like zone out and listen to the music and and it, it's a it's a fun time so yeah but but be <laughs> if you were to listen to the lyrics be critical about those i dig it man i like that let me let me run through your buzzwords real quick Let's do it um so uh you uh the first one was mention mr bungle you did not get oh mr uh, bungle <laughs> I was hoping you would go into a little bit of their feud or something, but <laughs> oh, the feud he has with um the fucking lead singer of what is that, Faith No More or something. Uh, it's Mr. Bungle, yeah. the the lead singer of Mr. Bungle. Maybe he also has a feud with Faith. Faith no I thought More. It was, <laughs> you it, know, maybe I'm pretty sure it was a feud with Faith No More. Uh, oh, wait, okay, well, let me let me see this here. Um, oh God, where is it? Where is this here? He I, he may have more than one feud. Like that would not surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it might be okay. Okay, wait. Okay, I know this is this is this is cutting into our time here, but uh, it's the feud with Mike Patton. It's an entire section on his Wikipedia page. Um, for over thirty years, Kiedis and Faith No More singer. Oh, it's Faith No More. Mr. Bungle singer Mike Patton have been involved in an ongoing oh, feud. Oh, he's both. It's the same person. Okay, okay. okay. Well, there you go. Okay, same dude. Yeah, it, uh, it didn't it didn't <laughs> come up uh, organically. <laughs> no, no. Um, so that one we didn't get. Use onomatopoeia. You got. I did that. Um talk about your middle school music taste yep. of course uh mention the Minutemen. you didn't get that one was a little bit of a stretch but i kind of see them as contemporaries i thought maybe it would somehow come up um name a specific guitar or bass you did um mention a band you used to be in you did refer to an album made post 1990 as a record you did 
use the phrase ahead of its time. You did not do um, <laughs> this one. This one is is not really ahead of its time. I think I think chili peppers are just doing chili peppers. I, I think it's, I think it's know? perfectly in its time that to that 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 sort of alt rock um, phase where like what like Pearl Jam was coming up, um, rap rock was mm-hmm. like was ba- they, they were kind of driving it. Um, I think it was it was kind of right at the moment that it came out. It was perfect to have come out. You know, that's right. That's right. They did hit that to steal your term. Like they, they, they had their finger on the pulse of the cultural zeitgeist. Yeah. Yes. Um, recite lyrics. You did mention Led Zeppelin. I did um, <laughs> <laughs> compare Chad Smith to Will Ferrell. You did um, say the word drink. Uh, you probably did that. I think I did that. I think I did that. Boom. Uh, mention a part of a drum kit. You did not do. I did not do that. No, damn. Um, tell a drinking story. I guess you did. Cause you talked about like throwing up on tour i did yeah okay I, I just i just <laughs> I'll, I'll drink i'll drink for that sweet um describe the sound is warm i didn't hear you do i did well it's, it's funny because there's not a lot of warm songs on this album the song is very this album is just well a lot of it is cutting a lot of it is um right. you know it's very very it's intense in yeah i would yeah. i would say i would say warm warmer sounds happen on later later chili peppers albums but this one's this one's more in your face funk rock funk metal yeah I agree. I dig it. Uh, mention a music video. You did. Uh, mention another RHCP guitarist. You did. I did do that. Uh, talk about jazz. You did. Say the word vintage. You did. And the <laughs> last one, you came so close but did not quite say it, is use the term funky. You said you said funk and used so many different, uh, you know, funk, metal, funk, rock, funk, blah, blah, blah. So many funk words but never funky so good on you well it's, it's <laughs> funny because like i had that specific thought when i was listening to this album again like would you call this funky and in a lot of ways there are parts that are funky but like listening to a traditional funk album it doesn't sound a lot like this like this is very much funk metal and like funk pong funk rock but like mm-hmm. it's it's just i wouldn't i wouldn't Listen to something and straight be like, yeah, this is this is funky as shit. Actually, okay, funky monks, funky. I've, I did say funky monks. Oh, you said funky monks. So I don't know. That's does true. that count? That's <laughs> the name uh, of the song. Yeah, that's eh, that's iffy. I don't know if I would count that to be honest with you. Because like for instance, I try to leave like I never do like say the name of the band. Yeah. Or, like say a name. I never do that sure. kind of shit. That's too easy. So I, I'd say you're safe. You you get immunity on that one. Um, it's funny though, cause I'm like reading a little bit about this album. I, I was like looking up some of Jean Frusciante's gear that he used and he had like this one quote where he did like maybe three, four sentences on like his guitar tone. And he used the term funky, like probably three times in four sentences. So I was like, ah, here we go. Like Jacob's going to say it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyways, that, that was more in reference to, he's like, yeah, I could plug the guitar direct into the mixer board and get a really funky sound. Uh-huh. Like it was a little bit different use of funky, I think. <laughs> um, but dude, those are your buzzwords. Uh, uh, you were good to go, man. You hit a decent number of those. Yeah, I did. I did. There, there were not a lot. <laughs> very few stones unturned. I think yeah. I think honestly I I hit mostly everything organically that I was gonna. Um, I I don't know how we would have come across the the feud with Mr. Bungle singer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I mean, 
I think we I think we did a good job of making this like a very positive view of this album. And I think we we uh, criticized them where necessary. And maybe the Mr. Bungle thing would be a little bit too, maybe a little too much negative vibes. I, I think we had a very good, like you said, organic conversation about this. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. Yeah, with that, this. that's what I was aiming for. That's what that's what I wanted this to be. I wanted this to be really about like, I wanted this to sound like it was me recounting what I thought about the album. And I think for the most part it did. I, I tr- when I wrote my notes, I tried doing it mostly off of memory. Like every once in a while, I'm like, okay, I need like a, a like a reference here to get like the 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 name where i got a specific quote from sunito connor but like i tried making this like a very very organic thing i think it worked out perfectly dude um that's it man that is a wrap um thank you jacob for coming on why don't you plug one more time um your music video your pod uh your youtube one more time for the audience yeah dude uh well it's uh the, the burrito buddies podcast that was uh the podcast john and i were talking about earlier it's in it's in a state of flux right now, but it's got 60, 60 something episodes for you to listen to. Um, it's a fun time. It's it's my it's my fucking voice for for a long ass time, sixty hours plus. Uh, we got the Midnight Burrito channel. It's mostly uh, video game stuff. Uh, that's a lot of fun. And then we got the the uh, Britney Spears cover of Sometimes, or my cover of the Britney Spears song Sometimes, coming out today when this is recorded. Um, it'll be out by the time you listen to this podcast. Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. I, I hope you have fun listening to it, listen, watching the music video. Yeah, man, this is this has been a lot of fun. It's a, this is good. It's a good podcast. Awesome, dude. Well, I mean, I, I appreciate you having me on your pod, and I at least I could do is return the favor. I had a lot of fun too, man. Yeah, dude. Um, that is it, guys. Uh, again, follow Redefining Records. Follow this pod on whatever your favorite platform is. Uh, follow me, Delta Dagger Music, on Instagram for more pod updates. Um, and follow the hashtag. I think we're going to go with hashtag bands, beers, buzzwords. Do it. But uh, we may also do hashtag BBB pod. Uh, search both of those. I will retroactively tag all these posts with one of those. Follow that hashtag. Um, do it. That's it, guys. Have a wonderful two weeks, and uh, we will see you next time. Hell yeah.